Medicare for all. Your bros can suck my balls. Fuck your reply, guys. Please don't fuck your reply, guys. Just listen to Reply Guys. Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys. I am Kate Willett, and I am here with a special guest this week. Julia is traveling, um, so I'm joined by my friend, Johan Miranda, um, to hang out and talk to you about some things that are happening. How are you, Johan? Good, good. How are you, Kate? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I mean, this week... You know, usually lately, I feel like there's just like an onslaught of horror in the news. But at least this week, there was some stuff that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Some slivers of good news uh, here and there occasionally. Yeah. So, okay. Um, So, first of all, you know, Johan, you're a comedian. You've been on the show before. Um, You know, I've been thinking about like comedy a lot recently and just like all this weird shit that has been happening like in New York with all this like I don't know we got a <laughs> we keep being in the news for like weirdo fashion comedy and stuff like that and I was wondering like is that kind of stuff a thing in LA in the same way or is that just like a New York phenomenon See, LA comedy is simpler. You just you go to you go to the comedy club and you see Dane Cook with his twenty uh, three year old girlfriend. <laughs> it's a you know, it's a much simpler. You know, you see Chris D'Elia get up. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's not it's not political. It's just old fashioned. You know, uh, what Hollywood age gap you know, scumbaggery extreme <laughs> age gap relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is? I think in LA people are just too. What's the word I'm looking for? Like thirsty or just like to have any type of political anything. So, and I, including myself, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I want to hear more about like, if, uh, there's like a, well, yeah, like describe what, because I'm not, I, I, yeah, I'm not familiar with what's going on in New York. Oh, I just feel like we keep like sort of, you know, I, I feel like a little bit more of the like kind of Rogan verse stuff is out here, you know, and it just uh-huh. keeps, I mean, I don't know. It uh, just maybe a little bit more of the kind of like alt right stuff. It's not a huge, mm-hmm. like prevalent part of the comedy scene, but it definitely is like an aspect of the comedy scene. I'm not going to name mm-hmm. names because they will <laughs> ruin my Twitter mentions <laughs> for the rest of my life. And I've already yeah. done that, but you know, I mean, like, just been thinking about it a lot lately to where like I feel like comedy keeps being in the news a lot and Mm -hmm. it's either Nathan Fielder who I think Mm -hmm. is pretty funny I haven't seen like a ton of his work or it's like one of these really old school boomer dudes just saying like you know old conservative guy shit you know and that feels like a very like big debate all the time in New York. And I feel like I didn't really encounter that as much when I lived in Los Angeles. I think it felt kind of like you were saying, like people are just doing their thing and just being <laughs> thirsty and hot, like really, really, really attractive. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, there's no convictions, just, uh, yeah. Who, who, who looks hot. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, uh, yeah that, and also like our, our with I mean uh, Joe Rogan is from you know or does is he has continued here in LA. Our, 
my uh, the sense I always get from that crowd is they don't even think of themselves as conservative or, you know, like they they never advocate for lower taxes or anything. Like they they it's such a abstract, you know, they think it's just common sense or whatever the fuck, you know. It's hard to even pin down, yeah, like politically what they are, which is you know free speech or whatever that means. <laughs> Yeah, I think too much cancel culture discourse just rots the brain, Mm -hmm. like on either side Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to both sides it, except to the extent that it rots your brain either way. Like, I was thinking about that um, Anna Myrtle, that man who was kind of canceled this week for, um, you know, working for Lockheed Martin and just like Mm -hmm. some of the takes that were coming up that you know they had put out there like reading as ableist saying that writers should read as ableist was a big one and mm-hmm. you know it, it seemed like it was like this thing where people kind of couldn't wait to like cancel a canceler and that this person <laughs> was just online yeah. all day every day trying to like mm-hmm. cancel various people and um you know and then you got like the other side of it of like these like extreme free speech bros that are just talking about like there was this like piece that came out today that was wild. You probably haven't read it and you shouldn't because why would you? <laughs> um, so there was like this little alt lit kind of podcasty scene in New York called the Dime Square scene. And it's mm-hmm. funded by Peter Thiel. And mm-hmm. basically from what I gather from reading this piece, there was this guy who wrote a review of this Uh movie that was made by two people in this scene that was like they're like trustifying kids it was funded by their parents and they made this movie and a reviewer said that it was like transphobic and you know bad and so then for their second movie they basically like organized like a covert kind of confrontation of this guy where they just brought like a couple hundred people into a room to confront him mm-hmm. about why he gave them a bad review <laughs> and specifically why he called them fascist. And, you know, some really like actually fascist people were there like Curtis Yarvin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, they, they basically, you know, conducted this like hours long kind of like public humiliation of this guy, like in revenge for giving them a bad review of their like self-produced movie and mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That's just like the amount of brain rot it takes to do something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah like, just, this sounds terrible. <laughs> but yeah, just roll with the bad review. And I mean, I think like this particular scene in New York has been getting a lot of press um, because I think that there's been a lot of, you know, media attention eager to be like, oh, look, like the new cool thing isn't like these leftist dirtbag podcasts anymore. It's like this reactionary stuff. And like, you know, everyone's getting behind, you know, these kind of like trad bash, whatever, you know, because it's never like in the media's interest for, you know, like leftist ideas to get too much traction. So it feels like it's kind of not the scene. And it's I mean, the scene itself, I guess you could say is kind of kind of an op in the sense that it's like, Founded by Peter Thiel, but you know, it's not like a government op, but like this, like the all the media attention it's getting just feels like very, you know, purposeful. Yeah. The, 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 the way I see these two things similar, the comedy of what you just described is the dynamic of the Peter Thiel and just the under, like, I guess to bring it to comedy, like these, 
these abstract discussion debates about free speech, they're they're usually started by millionaire comedians, uh, whether it's you know Joe yeah. Rogan, Chappelle. And it kind of, in a, to a certain extent, it makes sense that they talk about that because they're millionaires who have nothing better to do. They have no like, if I had a million dollars and I had no problem, I would I would come up with bullshit ass problems. I would invent stuff to <laughs> to to rail against. But but where it gets confusing is because they're influential people and they have you know essentially people you know people who want to I don't know uh, ride their coattails. They they have their yeah, open micers who like, you know, and that's how I know. Like, yeah, it's like any open micer that's like cares about the shit has to be a rich kid in my mind. I'm like, are you not working or like I'm doing DoorDash? <laughs> I'm not thinking about. I'm like trying to figure out how to like. And I imagine with this uh, this article that you were describing with these whatever trust fund kids, it's 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 the same thing. It's like the only people who care about this shit. Oh uh, yeah, either you're a millionaire or you're a trust fund kid who is just like a a useful stooge for them. Yeah, or you're like, you know, I mean, I think on the like, you know, on the like on the other side of it, there are people who are, you know, like really, you know, genuinely like marginalized and are hurt by stuff that is being said. And there are also some people that I think are like, you know, let's be honest, like pretty op- pretty opportunistic, like maybe like a dude that's like, you know, covering for his own creepy behavior or, you know, somebody who's just, you know, kind of going the classic, like trying to get clout root. And it's just, you know, I'm not talking about the people who, you know, say like, hey, this particular piece of art hurt me. It was fucked up. You know, I think it's like has a harmful agenda. Not that I'm talking about the people who make a career of like cancel culture, brainworm stuff. Like, like railing against cancel culture? Or, or <laughs> like going online and like trying to yeah. cancel somebody every day, you know? Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. either way, it's, it's just, just like, re- it's bad for the minds, I think. And it, bad it, for the it soul. is, it is. It's in the comedy, it's, it's people who just will do anything to not write a joke. And then in the film, like, this was a film thing. Like, yeah, like, I guarantee you the film was trash. Like, if you have to go through all these, like, if you have to, like, do, like, a notoriety, like, discussion, it it means your film was trash and you can't stand by it. And that's what you have to do, like, curate this, like, whatever the fuck controversy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bad. I mean, you know, it's like, I think that it definitely seems like in entertainment, there is, like, you know, a lot of nepotism. This is not, you know, not new news. And, you know, if not nepotism, like a lot of people who go to like, you know, either Harvard or NYU that are like Mm -hmm. helping other people up. And, you know, I meet sometimes people that I'm like, you know, like I'll I'll know a bunch of people that are really successful and then I'll like find out that they, you know, all have like known each other for a really long time, like from going to the same elite school. And that's not to say Mm -hmm. that they aren't talented, you know, but Mm -hmm. there's just, I think it can be just like a lot more challenging for people who do not come from like a super wealthy background. There are people that do it, but you, you have to really get a break, you know? So, I mean, I understand why there's like an energy of sort of desperation around a lot of it, you know? Like totally, yeah. It, it's hard to in, in, whether here, here or in New York, whether it's entertainment or Hollywood or the art scene, or it's all like who you know. And so that's where it's weird. Where 
you know, the posturing that you, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's what, I don't, I, I'll, I'll have to check out a, a new, but I, I, I think I prefer LA in terms of people are, at least the people who are, there's a genuine, like, we're, to, I don't know. To me, it's, it's fake or to pretend that you have convictions in an industry that has so much nepotism, so much like, it, the whole thing is fake, you know? <laughs> uh, so anyone who, like, I guess all that to say, it's like anyone who's, whether entertainment or art or anything, who's trying to sell you authenticity is a phony. Cause like, you know, you know how it is, Kate? like you, how you describe it. It's like, it's, it's, it, it's not, it's not a meritocracy. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I think that like, I think more people kind of realize it's not a meritocracy than, you know, used to like the myth of like people being like, you know, raw talent, elevating people to, you know, mm -hmm. incredible levels. Like that does happen sometimes, but it's mm -hmm. like for sure the exception, like, yeah, I've been comedy, you know, like 10 years at this point. And I know so many people that are so incredibly <laughs> talented that are like, mm -hmm. you know, Let's yeah. just say not millionaires at this point, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, or like you yeah. know, or or just like you know, struggling still, and you know, uh -huh. I think that it's I don't know, it's just it's like it's a it's an industry where I, I definitely think that like a lot of people are just carrying around like a lot of weird desperation and that yeah gets exploited in certain ways, you know. Oh, um, oh, absolutely, yeah. I think yeah. like people, you know, tend to, you know, like somebody was asking me recently, you know, like why don't comedians like form a union? I think because I was talking <laughs> about how like cl club pay hasn't yeah. changed, you know, since like the eighties or the nineties, it's still like, you mm. know, 50 or a hundred bucks or whatever, you know? And it's just like the idea of like comedians forming a union. Like that's, it's totally, it's impossible to think about. Like it just absolutely would not happen because it, there's always going to be people who will take a gig for zero dollars. Yeah. You know, there's, it's, fuck yeah. it. There's people who would pay to do gigs, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. It's all scabs all, all around. Yeah. Yeah. Scabs yeah. only. You scabs only. Yeah. Like instead of like hashtag squad goals, it's like hashtag scab goals. <laughs> so yeah. okay, speaking speaking of someone who is nakedly opportunistic, this week we had uh, some uh, news on the Alex Jones front. Oh yeah, <laughs> Alex <laughs> Jones. Yeah. So you know. I, I mean, this is like big news. I'm sure that you know listeners are probably mostly up to date with this story, but, uh, Alex Jones, as of this evening was ordered to pay a, uh, $4 million settlement to a Sandy Hook family. And also, um, I think the funniest part of this trial so far is that his lawyers, Alex Jones's lawyers accidentally sent two years of Alex Jones's text messages to, the opposing counsel, which is like, mm. what the fuck? That's like the funniest mistake that you yeah. could ever make as a lawyer. Yeah, I really flubbed that one. Yeah. <laughs> now he owes $4 million. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you, <laughs> what do you yeah. think of this story so far? <laughs> what strikes I, you about it? It's, yeah, it's, it's Alex, like, he really, um, you know, we were, we were speaking earlier about desperation, like, because he's been around for, 
you said two thousand, like honestly, like over decades now. And I remember Alex Jones from two thousand, you know, whatever. Like, um, and he was always a conspiracy. Like to me, Alex Jones was like this. If it wasn't for this handy Sandy Hook stuff, he he's like the platonic ideal of like a right wing lunatic. It's just like an insane, you know. I think that's like compare like when you compare it to like I don't know I, like like these losers who are, who are like the covert deniers who are like oh I've done my research you know I, I I've studied you know that's you know give me Alex Jones who just just yells at you and and like <laughs> uh, calls frogs gay like he uh, I I prefer that and I to me I feel like you know in 2016 is when he got more. In- you know he's he's always been the right wing lunatic, and then all of a sudden, in 2016, it became like, you know, every, like that that became the gold rush, and he had to. I feel like he got he had to escalate. <laughs> I'm not trying to defend Alex Jones, <laughs> but, but I feel like, like he had to look, escalate. A person has to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it reminds me a lot of people were saying this person that worked for Lockheed Martin, mm-hmm. this dude. Um, people were like. You know, he had to do what he had to do because (laughs) he was trans and disabled. But like, he's like, I think a software engineer, the stories are conflicting. (laughs) Some places he says software engineer and some places he says like an administrative role. But, you know, Uh, just like, uh, he had to do what he had to do to survive. (laughs) And it's like, really? A software engineer for a weapons manufacturer is a survival Uh, job. But Alex Jones that's a survival job. He needs to do yeah. what he needs to do to survive. <laughs> you know, he's just yeah. getting by. Sometimes you have yeah. to make up a conspiracy theory now and then, you know, yeah. it, in this economy, he had to escalate and yeah, he, he flew, he, he flew close to the sun. Should have just stick with the uh, lakes and rivers that he's used to. He shouldn't have gone down this route. If he had just, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it seems like, yeah, he's, he's toast. His company is called Free Speech Systems. That oh, is, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. His so he Did said, you... he, 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 "This is my favorite thing." He said he was trying to apologize. I unintentionally took part in things that did hurt people's feelings, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry for that. It's like. <laughs> oh really? Okay, you hurt people's feelings. You said that like the massacre of people's children was fake. Yeah, I would say that probably hurt people's feelings. You know? <laughs> well, I, yeah. The 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 article I read was like they were like, oh well, maybe now this will put a stop to misinformation or whatever. Which is sure, yeah, that's fine. But like, well, if you want Alex Jones to pay these families back, he's gotta he's gotta step it up. Actually, you know, like if like if he actually wants to pay his debts. He's gotta like sell those, sell those, sell those vitamins. Come up with new theories. Like, I, he, it would actually be selfish if he actually stopped now. You know. Have you ever met anyone that was an Alex Jones listener? Um, I don't know if I have. No, I. Not, I don't like, think I, I like have a, either. Like sincerely. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. No, no. He, um, it's just. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. There has to be people who sit down and watch the Brock. Like, oh, it's it's uh, eight p.m. I gotta <laughs> go watch Alex Jones. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, he's making he's making a lot of money, so there has to be. A, I just don't. You know, he's 
And he's like spawned careers. He's like the Joe Rogan of this, <laughs> you know, like. He's yeah. old as fuck at this point, which I appreciate, you know, he's fighting ageism. Like, yeah, I don't know how old <laughs> this guy is at this point, but he seems pretty old. He's got to um, be in his like 60s. Yeah. Or something like that. I would yeah. think so. Yeah. I mean, Alex Jones, I, I feel like he has a huge base of people that listen to him all the time because he's super rich. So there has to be like a lot of people. But like, I don't. Like, I know pretty nutty conservative people, and I don't know any of them that are, like, nutty enough to listen to Alex Jones. Or maybe they are, and they just don't admit it. Yeah, I wonder if, like, like what percentage of his people who check him out are just, like, watching my uh, ironically. And what percentage is, like, yeah, give me, like, I need these vitamins. I need, I need male vitality. <laughs> 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 what the fuck? Is with the vitamins thing. Joe Rogan. I don't think Joe Rogan promotes like a vitamins brand, but yeah, he's like extremely yeah. into supplements and yeah. you know. I mean, a lot of these guys, like the Weinstein brothers, they're like big uh-huh. ivermectin hawks. I don't even uh-huh. think that they're necessarily making money off ivermectin directly. <laughs> like they're making money off the COVID skepticism, but uh-huh. oh man, it's just so dumb. Yeah. I do you think that this verdict will change anything? Like you know, in terms of like the way that people, see, I, I feel like it will not. Yeah, I don't, I can't, I'm trying to think how it would, and I'm not sure I can't make the connection or what, how this will lead to. I mean, I'm, I mean, glad, I'm glad those families are getting money for them, but. <laughs> yeah, because they've been harassed yeah. a lot by Alex Jones' yeah, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like this has like been a hard time for Alex, so, you know. I don't feel bad for him, but it is, he does seem like he's really suffering, um, which is, he starts to, he starts to go fund me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, The the globalists, they're trying to shut me down. Yeah. His company filed for bankruptcy. Um, and you know, other Sandy Hook families have sued him. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, I think he's trying to like cover his ass with like, you know, kind of separating like the corporate stuff from his personal wealth. Um, And I don't know, but man, that's, do you think his lawyer was trying to like sabotage him on purpose or was this just like too stupid? That is an insane, like, yeah, I, I, because you, you have to think that his career is over too. Like who's going to hire that guy now? <laughs> like yeah that's a good point so i you know it, yeah it i can't really case. imagine yeah who yeah i it, i okay if he accidentally did it his move will be to pretend he now has to pretend he did it on purpose and come out as an ally or something which even then like uh, i mean i guess it yeah. was like the right thing to do but like i'm not gonna <laughs> still who's gonna hire a, a lawyer I mean, to I think... yeah i think yeah, intentionally sabotaging your client like that, I think, is against the law. I'm right, pretty sure right. that that's like a... So, a, so he just... So he couldn't have been. He just, he just fucked up then. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine a bigger mistake at work than that, it's, you know? It's, it's, the, it's the one thing you shouldn't do. Yeah, uh, I, you know what I did once at work? A mistake that I made at work, like, my first job... 
I was, I worked in a college admissions office and I accidentally sent out acceptance letters to people who did not get in at the school. Oh, I did Jesus a, Christ. A mail merge. No, but they had to let them in. Like, I'm like responsible. What? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? They had to, they had to? They had to honor it. Yeah. So. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Those 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 students should be writing you like they should be giving you a Christmas basket every year. I they, know, like, crazy. But they probably don't know, huh? <laughs> no, they'll never know. But it was just oh, I mean, it wasn't God. that many people, but it was like uh, it was a few, you know. And yeah, it was like UC Berkeley too. So it's like a good school. <laughs> I'm probably not allowed to say you're, this, no. But... You 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 accidentally no, but you did an ultimately big picture. You did a uh, you were like an angel. You. Yeah, well, maybe it was just like, yeah, maybe it was like that person's like higher power, you know, just was like (laughs) fucking me up that day. Like their guardian angel was just like messing with my mail merge and just like, it's like, okay, (laughs) but it's crazy that like, you know, because it's like a life changing thing, you know, (laughs) it's just like getting it because of one like fucking 23 year old stoner's mistake. And I think the people that got in, like, didn't have that good of grades, to be honest. So it was just like, <laughs> we're not going to get it. It's, that's really funny <laughs> that they were just like, oh, well, we, we got to, we got to, st- <laughs> we got to stick by our word. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think that the letters were, I don't know why, but I don't know if it was like legally binding or something, or if they just didn't want uh-huh. the shame of like admitting that somebody was like fucking out to lunch, yeah. you know, or what, but yeah, yeah just a life changing day for, uh, <laughs> for those people based there on my go. idiotic administrative skills, you know, good for you. Good um, for, were you reprimanded or was I recommended for that job? Oh no, no. Reprimanded. Like, were you punished? No, I actually wasn't really. I mean, I was so upset when it happened, but I was like brand new at the job and Uh it was like my first job ever. Like Uh my first, no, not my first job, but like my first job that wasn't like when I was still in school where I I like, I, you know, I did like food service stuff, but this Uh was my, my first time, like, okay, I work in an office and I get paid a salary and that's like all I do. Uh And, um, yeah, so, you know, this was, yeah, they, I didn't really get in trouble. They, you know, my boss was, like, stressed out, but not, like, really angry with me. But I think oh. that the thing was, is, like, I think that the kind of people who, like, work at universities are, like, very chill people a lot of the time. Like, the people who make uh-huh. a career out of, like, being administrators, especially at a public school, is it's not that much work. Like, there's just a lot of pencil pushing that goes on. And I think that the type of person that that attracts is somebody that's like, okay, I want to get paid, you know, enough to live, have, like, pretty good benefits and, like, not really work super hard. And that's going to, you know, I'm going to have a really, like, boring job, but at least I'm not going to have a stressful job. So it's not like a corporate (laughs) office where people are, like, very, very stressed out. It's, like, kind of the definitional like David Graeber's like bullshit job, you know, yeah. where it's just like, um, which are great yeah. when, when you have like what I, I, I had, I had a bullshit job for like, yeah, a little while. <laughs> like they, my what boss was your bullshit nice job? Well, it, it was, it was, uh, uh, working on, uh, yeah. I mean, I should say this, <laughs> but yeah, like the, uh, um, yeah. Working on a show where uh, after the show ended, uh, they were like the, 
the bosses were like, oh, we'll keep you on just, just for health insurance reasons. And so I was like, all right, well. Uh, That's really nice. And, so you just like, didn't so have I to just, do work and you got paid <laughs> and you got health yeah. insurance? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I loved it. I was like, that, uh, yeah, bullshit jobs are great uh, when you have them. But uh, <laughs> I think bullshit jobs are okay if you're doing something else that you care about in your life. But if your bullshit job yeah, yeah. is like the main thing that you're thinking about with your time, then it's like extremely fucking demoralizing to be like, mm-hmm. like, I think if you're doing a bullshit job so that you have money while you do comedy or something, it's it can be great. Uh-huh. But if yeah. you're, if you're just like, Waking up every day, just going to work, uh-huh. and then are just coming home at the end of the day and like watching TV. I think it it really makes people depressed after a while to feel like they're not doing anything that's meaningful, you know. Well, yeah, I wonder how much like that's what I always wonder with like COVID. How like if yeah, I imagine if if you had a bullshit job pre pandemic and then you had to like be home with, and like with your family. <laughs> <laughs> or your roommate, even your roommates, and they find out you have a bullshit job. You, you have to pretend like you're working <laughs> or do it like one doing busy work. Yeah, yeah. One of my friends has like such a bullshit job. He he says that he works like five to ten hours a week, and he gets paid for like forty hours. And like this guy is just chilling all day, and like, he's like, "It's great, yeah. I love it." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know someone who yeah, like she does like two three hours of work, and then but. The mouse has to keep moving, or like it's the the computer needs to be active. So she like yeah. she'll she'll just watch TV while just moving her mouse. <laughs> yeah, it's just like they don't yeah, like track like which website she's on or anything like that. No, no, no. I, I think I think she just needs to prevent like the, uh, the only as long as like it's active or at least it doesn't trigger like oh this person's not doing anything, she's fine. And um. Yeah, the tracking, the... the surveillance is so fucking weird. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So, other <laughs> stories this week. Kansas voted to preserve abortion rights, um, which is good, you know? I think yeah. what I'm seeing is, like, oh, basically, like, abortion rights are really safe everywhere, you know? not No, no one's being, like, that direct about it, but just are anticipating, like, you know, big Democratic uh, victories in the midterms because of this. <clears throat> uh, what do you think about this? It's, it, I, I don't, like, I always wonder, like, with our, like, con- do conservative intellectuals or whatever, the, the movers and shakers, do they not, do they not know that abortion's popular? Like, do they not, is this, are, are they surprised by that? Like, I just, uh, or that, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it seems like kind of a no, like, uh, no-brainer. To, like, I guess, I mean, and I'm not the first to make, like, like they, even though they, yeah, quote-unquote, like, won or got got the victory on, but, like, do they not realize, like, or do they not care? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm wrapping my, my mind around that, like... Yeah, I think, like, you know, in, in Kansas, particularly, like, a lot of Democrats turned out, like, I think it was, like, 67% of Democrats turned out versus, like, 60% of Republicans. And obviously, you know, Kansas is a pretty red state, but the measure won by, like, a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, but to me, it's, like, also this, 
was not about electing a candidate. So yeah, I yeah. think that that's different because when it comes to Republican stuff, like they're, I don't know. I, yeah, no, I, I think that's right. And, and, and it, it's very, it was a very clear cut, like you vote and this will happen as yeah. opposed to, as opposed to vote for a Democrat and we'll, we'll do it, <laughs> you know, which, yeah, that, that's the disconnect, I think. Yeah, you know, it's like, I'm going to vote for Andrew Yang's political party. <laughs> and, you know, joining the Yang gang, I'm going in the forward party. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> so in LA, there's been a lot of, like, there. it seems like there's been a lot of successes for the left in Los Angeles. Um, it seems like a lot of the DSA candidates have been winning. And mm-hmm. it, it, I it, it just seems like there is like a an organized and robust left in LA that you know completely outflanks even other you know supposedly liberal places like San Francisco. What what is going on there from your perspective? From what I see, it's it's, it's uh, mostly centered around housing. Uh, it the yeah the uh, te- the tenants tenant organizing. Um, and yeah, it, it's uh, uh, and, and uh, connected to that is is like uh, kind of this, what's happening in city council, uh, which is recently they they um, voted to um, uh, criminalize encampments more. I think around schools, and uh, yeah, and just I, I think I think it comes out to like twenty percent more of LA. The map area is like more now. It's criminalized. For, for encampments and that, that was protested yeah yeah uh and so it's it's a city council that's uh yeah not not in that's uh, i mean there, there's there's uh electorally there's been some gains but for the most part uh yeah it's it's, it's an awful city council but there is a base of tenant yeah tenant organizing that is pushing against that uh there was recently yeah uh it's yeah, what is it? The Unite Eleven um, local uh, Unite Here Eleven. Um, they they forced the uh, they pressured city council to have a vote on hotels, uh, forcing hotels to you know uh, uh, allow homeless to stay in empty vacant vacant rooms, and that's getting major pushback from the hotel lobby, obviously. So there's there's this uh, tension, uh, and, and there's been gradual. Uh, victories that the, the, the you know, um, but overall, but yeah, overall, LA, you know, uh, it's I don't know, it, it gives me some hope for sure. But uh, when you, yeah, it, with this measure that criminalizes encampments in most of the city, like it seems like there has been huge pushback from, you know. The community mm-hmm. when these encampments are being cleared by LAPD. Like I, I remember, you know, months ago there was like a huge, huge battle over the encampment in Echo Park, and you know it seems like the the cops, you know, did get their horrible, violent way. But there was just a, there were a lot of people that showed up trying to prevent them from doing that. It, it seems like the, the you know the LAPD and the city council is is really strong and not necessarily like going with the will of the community. Although I know there's a lot of shitty rich people in LA as well. 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That's the yeah. That's that's the unfortunate part is uh, a lot of home uh, concerned homeowners. <laughs> uh, yeah, that are like we're and that's the problem. I, I mean, you see this in the Bay Area. The, the you know the problem. The problem isn't that people can't afford homes. The problem is that we have to see, you know, the unhoused. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and and that that is like a huge pot, like a scandal. <laughs> yeah, and and you, um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely unfortunate. Um, and do you think that Karen Bass is going to win the mayor, the mayoral election? Um, the I I think she has a good shot. Uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I haven't the, I haven't checked the recent. Yeah. Isn't the other guy that's running Rick Caruso just like a complete Trump supporting yeah, he, he, asshole? Yeah, he, he has zero zero charisma, zero swag. Uh, it's funny seeing like initially there was like a kind of uh, celebrities trying to endorse. I think I forget I was Katy Perry or whoever. Like yeah, Katy Perry, Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. like yeah. you know. <clears throat> initially, there was like yes, yeah, some sort of like you know. Uh, Hype, but uh, not not no no. no, no I, I don't know. I don't know any Caruso heads, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Uh, so Caruso yeah. heads, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I feel like probably you do know Caruso heads that are not admitting it. Like definitely some. There's definitely got to be some of the like rich entertainment people that are supporting him. Sure, that just sure. know that it's like socially gauche to say so you know <laughs> um yeah. but i feel like there's yeah i feel like there's got to be some um secret conservatives in there yeah as usual yeah so you know I, i'm just it's pe- people who are independent <laughs> or you know i'm just you know doing my own research <laughs> yeah it's doing my own research. <laughs> I want to become like that. a doing my own research person, but like just for something extremely gross. Like I'm like, you know, yeah. doing my own research on like vaginal supplements and just like start talking about it all the time. <laughs> doing my yeah. own research for women, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, Johan. So this has been a really fun conversation. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, on social media, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, a handle at Johan Comedy for both of them. Nice. Check out Johan's comedy. Wait, Johan, okay, here's the thing that I've been wondering about you. You seem to have a healthy relationship with the internet. Like, you don't seem to be extremely online in the way that a lot of comedians <laughs> are. How are you doing this? Are you not addicted um, or are you just, you know? I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, there's a, I, I don't know. I, I, my the way I ground it is it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I think there's an argument to be made that maybe uh, it it does, but I don't. I I personally don't. Nothing, or at least, or to put it another way, the stuff that matters, I that I see that actually changes stuff is uh, on the ground organizing. I think uh, that's definitely so, true. And so that's why, yeah, anything online, I I, I see just as. Uh, it's, it's just a fun, uh, but ultimately frivolous, uh, exchange. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Although, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely think you're right. I do think that there is like some kind of function of Twitter in the sense that like a lot of journalists are on there and 
you know, what people are saying about something can kind of influence the coverage about it. But Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, it's not really, it's not doing anything. Yeah. But it is so addictive. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when someone you hate is getting canceled, it's look, not everyone getting canceled. Like a lot of times people get canceled and I'm like, Oh, I've actually feel a lot of empathy for this person. But when it's someone that you truly fucking hate feels good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's essentially the world finding out what you already knew. So it's like a, You almost, feel, you almost feel like a hipster, like I knew about that before you guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, believe me. You guys are just. This king's been overrated <laughs> for a while, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Johan. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Reply Guys. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash reply guys, where we have a catalog of over 25 bonus interviews with renowned writers, journalists, and comedians with an additional episode uploaded each week. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Fremgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. And I'm at O Julia Tweets, O-H Julia Tweets. And Twitter is where you can, of course, also find our reply guys. They are always with us. Bernie, take us out. walking that ribbon of highway I saw above me that endless skyway I saw below me that golden valley this land was made for you and me this land is your land this land is mine